Come on, Redemption Church. Keep that clapping going for all God has done over the last six years. The life changed through Jesus. Come on. You can do better than that. Let's go. Now let's thank him for everything that's to come. Come on. Will you just clap in advance for what God is going to do over the next six years? Oh, yeah, you came to the 11 o'clock. You should have come to the 9 because I'm crazy, and if you'd have come, you wouldn't have come back, all right? <sighs> We're going to run through this message. I'm on a timeline, okay? I have two and a half hours to preach, and I've got to get it all out as quickly as possible. I want you to look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor and say, you look good. Tell your neighbor, say, you look good. <laughs> say it with some bass. You look good. Now look at your other neighbor and look him dead in the eyes. Go ahead, look at him, look at him, say, but I look better. Tell him, say, but I look better. <laughs> it's okay if you look good. I look better. As pastor said, my name is Jamie. I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Who in the room has been there before? If you haven't, there's no reason to go. Stay here, all right? <laughs> So that's where I live for the last seven years. This July will be eight. My wife and I, we moved in faith. I'm going to talk about faith today. We moved in faith eight years ago as of July to go be a part of a church plant just like this in the city of Philadelphia. One of my best friends called me and said, hey, man, I'm planting a church. It's going to be in the city of Philadelphia. I understand that you currently live on the beach in Florida. I said, then why'd you call me? <laughs> He said, because we're planting a church. And he said, man, I got something to tell you. I don't want your money. I know I send you a letter about money, but man, I want you to move here. And I said, one of those two statements is a lie. You're a church planner, okay? <laughs> I said, you want me to write a check? I said, I love you. I'm comfortable. Have you ever been comfortable in your life? It's in that moment of comfort that God will call you to something greater, okay? Just telling you, I'm comfortable. At that point in our, in our life, my wife and I, we were at a church of just north of 3,000. I mean, every church in Texas and Florida is big. Come on, somebody. I mean, look at this. It's huge. There might be 2 million people in the room right now. And so, or I'm prophesying into the future. And so, so like, it's just name it and claim it. Blab it and grab it. Okay. And so... <laughs> So we were at a church, and we were doing well. I mean, my pastor had just brought in a really big-name pastor from Dallas, Texas. I won't say his name because some of you like him and some of you don't, and it doesn't matter. And so he came, and he preached, and it's packed to the gills. And pastor's calling me. He's like, man, I just want you to move to Philadelphia. I've got a vision. I said, tell me about Philly. He said, we're going to plant a church right outside of the largest open-air drug market in the Northeast. You will live in one of the poorest zip codes in the entire United States of America, and you're going to come where Jesus is. And I said, Jesus ain't there. He's here. <laughs> I know because I sleep well at night. I hear the ocean. I have the sand and the sun. There is no winter. There is no snow, okay? It's Jesusville, okay? <laughs> this is where I live. And if you want to really get to know me, true story, I was living in a retirement community, 55 and older. That's wild, right? We had a family member that just snuck us in, whoop, and I lived there, man. It was quiet. It was nice. The people were awesome, and he's wanting me to move to Philadelphia, but on a word from the Lord, we uprooted our entire life, and we moved a thousand miles away, and I cannot tell you the miracle after miracle that's happened in the last eight years of our lives as we took a step of faith and believed God. Tell them I'm not here. He tried to call in the first service. <laughs> trying to call me then. I'm not available. Call me in between or after service. Not while I'm preaching. 
the unbelievable miracles that happens when you get out of your comfort zone and you start to move in faith. When you start to believe that there is something bigger and better for your life than your current circumstance or situation, you begin to see the hand of God move in your life and things aren't the same. Things get better. Things get bigger. I mean, look at me, baby. I gained some weight. I mean, like (laughs) life overall is more fun when you do it God's way. Some of you have been in some trials and some tribulations. You've been in the muck. You've been in the mess. You have been facing it. I've got good news for you today. Jesus is going to pull you out and pull you up. And when you believe by faith, everything begins to change. And so we moved there. And seven years ago, that church got planted. And, uh, and man, it's just wild what was happening. This Easter, we will plant what will be our sixth physical location. is coming online there in the city of Philadelphia. You're talking about a place where less than 3% of people go to church. Come on, somebody. Like, they don't know Jesus. They don't care about Jesus. They're those... They're they're Christers, right? Christmas and Easter. They're a big Catholic background, and they are coming in the droves, and they are getting saved, and they are getting restored, and they are getting healed, and we are seeing the hand of God. Our neighborhood that we moved into into is radically changed and radically shifted because our church moved in. In every neighborhood that we're moving into throughout the city, if you know anything about Philadelphia, Philadelphia is a city of neighborhoods. So we're called the Block Church, revive every block. Our mission is to go into every single block of the city and revive it, revive every person, revive every piece of real estate, do everything we can with the time that we have and the breath in our lungs to make Jesus known and famous in people's lives to get better. I'm ready to stomp the devil in the face and populate heaven. That's why I moved to Philadelphia, okay? No, I'm not the pastor. He's better looking than I am. He's a better preacher than I am. And we're going to get to hang out with him this week at CMN. But I just love my local church. And I want two or three people in this room that maybe feel a waning passion for the local church to get fired up today and realize that your life is devoted to his kingdom come and his will be done. And when you take care of his house, he takes care of your house. Oh, yeah. We just getting started. I'm already jumping. I need it got to lose some weight here before I leave, okay? My wife's going to look at me and go, babe, you look skinnier when you came back home. I'm like, you got it, girl. I've been waiting to get home to you. Uh, You know, like I'm happily married, right? Some of y'all are married. You just married. Me, I'm happily married. I want to go home to my wife. You look good, but she looks better, okay? (laughs) I'm trying to crawl up in that. Okay, all right, here we go. So Jesus. That's what happily married after 10 years looks like, okay? We got two kids. I didn't tell anybody in the first service about me. I'm telling you, in the, uh, uh, we have two kids. We have one uh, who's about to turn three in two weeks. His name is Jet. Yes, J-E-T-T, Jet. Why did I name him that? Because I don't want him to compete with anybody, okay? There's a million James like me, Jamie, James, a million of us. Jets, nobody, okay? Then my second, my second child who is not... Uh, I want to say she's my favorite, but then that would be wrong because I don't have favorites, all right? She's my favorite girl. Jet's my favorite boy. She's my favorite girl, okay? That's how that goes. And when we have a third, well, they're out of luck. (laughs) So my daughter, she turned one two weeks ago. She is a bundle of joy. I wish I had a picture that I could show you. Her name is Banks, B-A-N-K-S, Banks. And everybody looks at me the same way, cross-eyed. 
What was my other option? Poverty? I mean, what was I going to name her? <laughs> so I chose to speak life into my daughter's life. And, and, and we just had this amazing family. And God has done such a miracle in our life over the last, man, ever since we've been married, even over the last four years. I remember when I first got married. I remember this like it was yesterday. And uh, I was broke, busted, and disgusted. Has everybody, anybody ever been there before? <laughs> Man, I'm talking about like Poe, can't even afford the R, okay? You know what I'm saying? Like I had nothing, nothing, okay? But I was an idiot with my money, right? Like I was an idiot, I can just say it. Hi, my name is Jamie, and I was an idiot with finances. <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and I walked in, some of you are really scared. Is he going to preach about money? I'm going to preach about faith, so shh, chill. And, uh, and so I remember, like I had gone out, and I had, uh, I had bought a Infinity G35. It was really nice, okay? I mean, I loved it. It was great. But it was killing me because I had payments, and I couldn't afford it. But it got the girl, okay? So I thought it got the girl. And so I remember... My wife and I, uh, when we were dating, I said, hey, listen, I want to take you out to dinner. I'm going to take you out to dinner. And she's like, all right. She's like, where are we going? And so I took her to the nicest restaurant in Orlando, Florida, the nicest one that I knew of at that point. Has anybody heard of Bonefish? Okay, not Bonefish. They switched the names and added $4 signs, Fish Bones. Okay, so we went to this place, and I remember I was sitting there, and we, had, we this is our first date, and I was like, this is going to be easier. I'm going to take her to a nice restaurant. I'm going to impress her, but the bill's going to be cheap. And so they come over, and they're like, what would you like to eat? And she looks, I mean, didn't miss a beat. She was raised right. She might have been raised in Texas. She wasn't, but when she said this, I thought she was. She said, I will have the swordfish and filet mignon. I said, the sword, what? Are we fighting? I mean, it's our first date. Can't we wait till like two years into marriage to have our first fight? And, and, and I, looked down, I looked down the list, and it said MP for the price. And I was like, what does that mean? Because I don't know about you. I never read the menu from left to right. I always read it from right to left. <laughs> yep, too expensive, too much, too much, too much. Oh, that, that, that is going to be delicious. Salad with no lettuce. Awesome, $3. <laughs> right, I mean, that's just how I lived. So she was, I was like, what is market price? What's market price? Does that mean I get to name my own price? I want a free 99. <laughs> Lord's like, he's like, no, nah, man, no, nah, sorry, sorry. It's, uh, we get to choose the price. It's based on the market. So all right. he's like, what do you want? I kid you not, asked my wife. I looked at the dude, and I go, can I get a diet water with no ice? Because can you take, like, a discount on the bill? And plus, I want a kid's cheeseburger. And I ordered off the kid's meal, and he gave it to me. I remember that the bill came. It was right in front of me, and I'm looking at it, and I'm going, oh, my Lord. I cannot afford this. So I did what I know to do best. I looked at her. I said, excuse me, I got to go to the bathroom. And so I ran out. I went to the bathroom, and I started calling my friends. And I was like, hey, man, can you Zell pay me? Can you cash out me? Can you Venmo me? Can you stop by this restaurant and please give me some money? And I'm pulling out all my cards, and I'm going, how in the world am I going to afford this? I don't know about you. Have you ever gotten spiritual with the ATM before? I walked to the ATM. You know it only spits out 20, but you got $2.97. You're like, in the name of Jesus. Please, God, spit out a 20. I'm getting spiritual with the ATM. I go back, I sit, I look at the person, and I did the famous, hey, can you put $10 on this card, $20 on this card? I got $5 in cash. By the way, do you take Chick-fil-A coupons? Because I got one of those right now. Can you take it off the bill? I mean, I, I, I was negotiating. We paid the bill, barely. We got out. We left. We were gone. It was four, within four months, this is advice for you, within four months of that, I was engaged. 14 months later, I was married, and she was stuck with me. I remember going on. I remember going on my honeymoon with my wife, and uh, and we went on a cruise because it was the cheapest thing we could go on, and I used her money to pay for it. Hey, and uh, <laughs> ah, 
I just admitted that out loud on camera. And so we went on, <laughs> please don't share this. And so, <clears throat> and we went, we went on this cruise. It was awesome. Cruising's cool, isn't it? And so we went, and I remember that my wife, we were in the room, and she looked at me, and she was all beautiful and everything. And, and I said, babe, I'm so glad I'm married. And she said, can we go on an excursion? I said, you can excurt wherever you want. I don't care. Where are we going? And she goes, I want to swim with the dolphins. I said, baby, you swim with the dolphins? I said, jump out the ship. Lots of dolphins. <laughs> Swimmy swim. Swim, swim. And she's like, no, it's called an excursion. And I said, that's great. Let's go. And so we went downstairs. She's like, what I forgot to tell you was that this excursion is $150 a person. And I looked dead in her face. And I said, babe, we ain't got the 150 bucks. We ain't got it. And she goes, what do you mean we don't have $150 a person? What do you mean we can't afford to go swimming with the dolphins? And I said, baby, I said, do you remember the swordfish and filet mignon? I said, you chose to eat the fish, not swim with the fish, okay? You got a choice. And you chose to eat the fish. And she looked me dead in the face. I'll never forget this. She looked at me dead in the face. Man, you've probably had this before. Your wife, you know, your wife's real smart. So is mine. She looked at me and she goes, I expected more. Have you ever been in a place in your life where you feel so broke down, you go, I expected more out of this? Have you ever felt like that your life has not become what you wanted it to become? Do you remember when you dreamed of being the astronaut and going to space like Elon Musk? Do you remember when you thought you were going to be the firefighter, the police officer that was going to save all the lives? Do you remember when you dreamed of building something like Amazon? Do you remember when you first heard the call of God on your life and you're like, Lord, I'm going to be a great preacher to the nations. God, I'm going to be the next Billy Graham. God, I'm going to be the next Billy Sunday. God, I'm going to be great for you. Do you remember those days? Then all of a sudden life comes and it's got a big right hook like Mike Tyson and it punches you right in the mouth. And in a moment, in an instant, all of a sudden you feel like, why am I here? Why am I facing this? And what happened to my dreams? What happened to what God called me to do? And what happened to where I thought I was going to be? And that's where my wife was in that moment in our marriage that she had dreamed her whole life of getting married and going on a honeymoon. And the person that was supposed to take care of her, the person that was supposed to love her, the person that was supposed to provide for her, looked her in the face and said, forget it, we don't have it. That's a low place. And for years, we lived like that. And four years, I got a revelation. Four years ago, I got a revelation from God. And he began to speak to me, and he said, son, I never created you to live like that. I never created you to live in a place where you lived in doubt, where you lived in desperation, where you lived in depression, you lived in fear, you lived in quiet isolation. Son, I never put you on this earth so that you would have worry day in and day out. Son, I did not create you to not be able to provide. Son, I did not create you to not be able to believe. Son, I did not create you to be less than, to be lower. God did not create you to be last. I am the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and you are in my bloodline. I created you for something different. Do you remember, Jamie? Do you remember the moment your wife said that she expected more? 
I said, God, I remember that. He said, have you opened your Bible lately? All of my theologians in the room, you're getting mad because you're like, this guy is a comedian. He's telling stories. When is he going to get to the Bible? We have the greatest preacher on the face of the planet and Pastor Byron who uses 47 million scriptures. I can't compete with that, okay? (laughs) I can't compete with how this man breaks down the word. I just got to be me, okay? I just got to be me. And God reminded me, I got good news for you today. Get ready. Oh, yeah, here we go. God took me to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, and he said, do you remember? Do you remember? And I said, yes, when my wife wanted more, he goes, well, I've got good news. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. God said, Jamie, if you can dream it, I can do it. Jamie, if you can believe for it, I can make it happen. Jamie, if you could ask me, I can move the mountain. Jamie, if you would remember who you are in me as my son, I will do all things. Jamie, I can do immeasurably more. What does that even mean? What does it mean that God can do immeasurably more? Because it's not just for Jamie, it's for you. It's for your neighbor. It's for your best friend. It's for your child. Man, it might even be for your cat, but God hates cats, so it's more for your dog, okay? (laughs) God can do immeasurably more. What does it even mean? Let me tell you. It means that God can do everything abundantly by much, better, beyond, emphatically, enormously, exceedingly, exceptionally, extra. God can do it in great measure, incalculably, in addition to. God can do it incomparably, infinitely, the most, on a large scale, supremely, surpassingly, tremendously, vastly, very much, bottomless, boundless, endless, horizonless, infinite, indefinite, measureless, unbounded, unlimited. God can do more if you can believe. That's all you got to do is believe. Hebrews 11, chapter, uh, Hebrews 11, verse 1 says this. Now, faith is the assurance of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. I want to tell you something. It's certain of what we do not see. The Bible does not say it is not there. It just says we do not see it. And you have to get to a place where you open your eyes of faith and you remember who your Lord is, who your master is, who is in charge of all of this, who spoke it all into existence. And then you realize there's nothing missing. There's nothing broken. There's nothing out of order. God has everything in control. The problem is I'm looking, I'm looking at my current circumstance. I'm looking at my current situation. I'm looking at my current bank account and I'm going, how do I fix this? I've got to tell you, I can't fix nothing. He can fix everything. God said, Jamie, I can do so much more with you, more than you ever imagined. I can take you to all, I can take you to places you never thought you would go. I didn't think I would be preaching in Beaumont, Texas in the year 2022. But God brought me here because y'all are some good people. (laughs) I love being back in the South. I can say, y'all. In Philly, they're like, y'all, what does that mean? They say words like John. What does John even mean? John's a guy. They just say weird words, and God brought me here, and I didn't even believe it, and God has taken me from the east to the west and the north to the south, and God has taken me to so many countries over over the last decade, and, and I just watched as God did amazing things that I didn't even think it was possible because he can do more. And he said, son, let me tell you who you are. Let me remind you who you are in me. And I've come today to remind you who you are in Jesus Christ. Did you know that the Bible tells us that God created us in his image? It tells us in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky. Baby, you have power. 
The Bible calls you to rule. It says that I gave you the authority and the power to rule. Oh my gosh. Over the livestock and all the wild animals, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. That stamps that shut right there. Male and female, he created them. That's for somebody in this house. God created us in his image. He breathed the breath of life into us. Do you understand the Ruach of God? Right into you. When you breathe, you are breathing God himself. When you breathe, you are breathing Jesus himself. You're not breathing some random oxygen that's coming from some random place. You are actually breathing the breath of God in your life. And he created you to be like him, to have dominion, to have authority, to have power. And some of you are looking at the current place that you're in and you're worried and you're stressed out and you're going, who, who is going to fix this? How is this going to be fixed? Because you've forgotten who your master is. When I look, when I look and, I, and I look around, I, I begin to see Jesus as my master and he is control, in control. There is no drug. There is no drink. There is no money. There is no resource. There is no person that can provide for me like Jesus can provide for me. In a moment, in an instant, it all can be ripped away from you. But if you've got Jesus, you have peace. If you have Jesus, you have joy. If you have Jesus, you have everything that you need. I remember sitting in my, I was laying in my bed in my house in Philadelphia. Man, I'm passionate about this. Can you tell? Hello, come on, somebody. I just remember I was laying there, and, and this was in 2020, and the world was going crazy in the United States. And I remember laying there, and there was literally bombs going off in Philadelphia. They were coming around and they were blowing up ATMs. They were setting buildings on fire. When that happened, it started in my neighborhood. Wow. On Twitter, people saying, we are going to kill all those blankety blanks in that neighborhood. My neighborhood was the first to be targeted. I remember when the police chase came down my one-way street and a car wrecked right in front of my house and there's 60 cops, guns drawn, as somebody was crazy threatening to tear down our neighborhood. I remember laying there and, I, and I've got my son, I have my son in the bedroom next to me and I have my wife in the bed with me and I'm hearing as this chaos is happening and I laid there and I closed my eyes and fear had started and when I laid there I stopped, I said, no, 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 fear be gone. I know who my master is. I know who my master is. And baby, I closed my eyes and I went to sleep. And I slept well, as, as well as I've slept in years because I know who's in charge of my life and I know the promise that I have and I know not only that I have a promise, I know who promised it. It's one thing to get a promise from a friend. It's another thing to get a promise from a savior who proves it every single day. My God, this is better than you're leading on. This is so good. I just, I just remember the chaos that we went through. But then I remembered who Jesus was and that I was created in his image to have dominion, to have authority, to have power, that I was created to be like him, to look like him, to do things just like he did. It says in Genesis 1, 28 and 29, it says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Did you know that you were created to multiply? You will be miserable your entire life until you multiply. I'm just telling you, the people that don't multiply are the most miserable. You ever notice somebody that's productive, that produces, they're happy. Because God is productive and God produces and God creates more and he created you just to be like him. You know, the first name we get for God in the Bible is Elohim, which means creator, creative. And you were created just like him. 
drew over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said this, here's the good news. I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. Did you know that God gave you everything that you need to get through every situation that you will face? He gave you the resource for today and for tomorrow and for the next year. It says right here, it says that I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth. He left nothing out. God has given you everything. Oh my gosh, that's such good news. And every tree that has fruit with seed on the inside. You know that God wasn't just thinking about your now, he was thinking about your future. That's so good because you have a tree that's right there and that tree can be used for so many things. Did you know that that tree could be made, could be used to make a chair so you could have somewhere to sit and rest because God cares about rest? Did you know that 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 tree could be used to build a house because God cares about your safety and your security? Did you know that? Some of your, some of your gods that you have in your life is safety and security and you've forgotten who provided the safety and the security. You're just unwilling to get uncomfortable in your current situation and go to where God is calling you to do, go because you're worried about your safety and your security and your retirement accounts and you're worried about what people will think and you're worried about what will happen and you're worried about where the food comes from. But the Bible tells me if he feeds the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, surely he will take care of you. That's how big of a God I serve. I'm calling somebody in this house to take a step of faith, a bold step of faith. Just like we move from the comfort of Florida to the inner city of Philadelphia, I'm calling you to do something great with your life right here in Beaumont, Texas. It's time for you to make the leap and make the jump. God cared. He said, I'm going to give you this right here so that you can have what you need today. He gave you every single plant. Did you, did you know that? Gave you every plant. That's where all my vegans are like, yay, plant-based. Shut up. He gave us cows too. <laughs> and chicken. And crawfish. Wow. Baby, I had crawfish last night. My God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. He gave it to you. He gave you that cow, and when you look at that cow, you see all the meat you can get all the way from the hamburger, the sirloin, all the way up to the filet mignon. He gave you all of it. You can enjoy it, and I've enjoyed plenty of it in my life, okay? <laughs> but then he, he gave you the, the hide of the cow so you could have some leather. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That when God, when God gave you the sheep, he didn't just give you the sheep so you, so you could have it there. He gave you the sheep so that you could shear it, and then you would have something to wear. Do you understand that God cares about you and has given you everything that you need? In this nation, in this room particularly, everyone under the sound of my voice, there's not one single person that lacks anything. The moment you think that you, you're in lack and you have scarcity, you have forgotten who your master is. Uh, Jimmy, you don't understand my situation. You don't understand what I'm going through. Are you kidding me? There's not probably a person in this room that has a cell phone in their pocket that's not worth less than $800. And yet there's people that live in countries where they literally sleep in the mud. There is no excuses in the United States of America to not do something great for God. You have everything that you need. I'm tired of hearing the stories of people in Africa walking 20 miles in their bare feet to hear the gospel preached. And people who live right down the street that have air-conditioned cars wake up and say, oh, I'm tired. I'm just going to lay here in bedside assembly with pastor sheets and sister pillow. 
I love online ministry. We have an online ministry. You have one too. If you're watching via online, I'm not calling you out. I love you. I'm talking to the people in the room that are thinking about not coming back. I'm talking to you and I'm saying there's something that happens in the house that doesn't happen there. There's something that happens in this room when you're rubbing shoulders with believers that never happens there because God has something so fantastically amazing for this house that you cannot miss it. And I came all the way from Philadelphia to tell you that. There's something bigger. There's something better. There's something more in store for you. And if you will remember who you are in Christ Jesus and you take hold of that, you will do the impossible with your life. You have so many rights and so many benefits as a believer of God. And joy is one of your rights. Proverbs 10, 28 says, the prospect of the righteous is joy. If you don't have joy in your life, you need to grab hold of Jesus because it is a right for you to have joy. When somebody tries to steal your joy, you tell them to leave and don't let the door hit them with the good Lord. Come on, somebody. You have the right to peace, Philippians 4, 7 says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. People have been asking me for years, Jamie, are you in fear? Jamie, are you scared? Jamie, I don't understand why you're such a silver lining guy. And you're, you, you know, I'm not even a half, a half full kind of guy. I'm a full glass kind of guy. I just see the glass all the time as full. I see the potential in what God can do. And they don't understand it. And I said, because I have the peace of God that transcends all understanding and one of the practical things I do is I shut the news off stop letting the enemy into your house through Fox and CNN stop it because they're trying to divide us and they're trying to they're trying to get in the middle and they're trying to wedge us so that we would hate our brother and hate our neighbor and you need to turn that off can I tell you that my spiritual father, my spiritual father, the man who has fathered me spiritually is a black man. It's amazing the wisdom that I get from someone who doesn't come from where I come from, that doesn't look the way I look, that doesn't see life the way I see life, because God created us uniquely, God created us differently, and so for me, I'm in relationship with him. You know how I'm on the road preaching the gospel today? The man that taught me for over a year how to travel as an evangelist, how to do the work as an evangelist, is a black man. Because Jesus created us all to be in relationship with each other. In this chaos that the news is telling us, that we have to be separated, and that, and that we actually hate each other. Are there bad people in the world? Yes. Are there racism? Is there racism in the earth? Yes. Is there racist people? Yes. It's a heart condition, and it's sin, and it needs to be dealt with. But I've come to tell you, you better get in relationship with people that don't look like you, don't talk like you, don't see life like you, and you need to shut off the news. I'm tired of the body of Christ. Oh, man, I got to move on. This is not... Why, is, why am I preaching this, man? This is for, some, this is for another time. I'm tired of the body, body of Christ being so divided over something as simple as the color of your skin. That's insane. Stop it. You know better than that. Every one of you. If you're watching me online, you know better than that. 
We are going to be a unifying church. We are a unifying church. We're going to be a gathering church. We're going to be a church where everyone is welcome. Even though we already are, we're going to be more of that. We're going to open our door to every race, every religion, every color, every background. We're opening the door so that people can experience life change through Jesus. Bro, you got something special here. I'm just telling you. I need somebody to jump on the B3 so I can preach like T.D. Jakes. Come on. <laughs> My God. You know that you're entitled to forgiveness. It's your right. Romans 3.24 says all are justified freely. Not some, but all. Stop closing the doors of your heart to other people and open them so that they can find Jesus. It is free to them, freely given by his grace through the redemption that came to Christ Jesus. You are entitled to freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You have authority. It is your right, baby. The Bible tells us in Luke 10.19, behold, I have given you authority. You have it. You need to Take your power back because you have power. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You were created to be fruitful. Oh, I'm feeling it now. Genesis 1.28 says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Rela uh, you are entitled to right relationships if your marriage is being destroyed, if your kids are, are running away from you, if you're having problems at work, you better get in line with Jesus and lead the way because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1.9, God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with his son Jesus Christ our Lord you have rights not only do you have rights as a believer you have to remember who you are you have benefits as a believer these are your rights and benefits as a child of the king check this out Psalm 103 1 through 5 says this praise the Lord my soul all my inmost being praise his holy name praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits have you forgotten who your Savior is? Have you forgotten that the Bible says in, in verse 3, who forgives all your sins? Thank you, God. As I said in the first service, I'll say it again. Some of y'all are nasty. <laughs> and heals all your diseases. He will clean you up. He will renew you, and he will restore you, and he will set you free. Bro, I like you a lot. All right, here we go. And in verse 4, it says, who redeems your life from the pit. You were at the bottom. You couldn't go any further. And God said, I'm going to reach my hand down. I'm going to pull you out. You can't do it by your own bootstraps. It's only by my power. And now I'm putting that power on the inside of you. Oh, yeah and crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. When you're in relationship with Jesus Christ, when you have him in your heart and in your life, you are so full of power, you are so full of authority, you are so full of everything that you need that nothing can get in your way and nothing can stop you from the work that you're doing for him. I remember a few years ago, I remember when I was traveling with my mentor when I first got on the road in 2010. I thank God for him every day. I actually got to see him last week for the first time in a, in a couple years, and we were hanging out, and it was just like old times. But I remember the first time I went on a trip with him. I will never forget this day because he said, hey, we're going to go down to Miami. And I'm going to go preach at Rich Wilkerson Senior's church. You know who Rich Wilkerson Junior is, Vu Church? Well, Rich Wilkerson Senior. And my mentor used to work for him, and he worked for him when he was in Seattle, and then he moved to Miami with him. And so he's like, I'm going to go preach there. And I was like, oh, man, that's so cool. And so we, we got in the car, and we drove down to Miami. And uh, he said, man, we're going to stay in the hotel. I was like, dude, that's so cool. We get to stay in a hotel. I love hotels. I remember hotels as kids. It was my favorite thing. You know, if you have kids like I do, they love hotels. They just go in and they get on the bed and they jump up and down like they're crazy. 
And I just sit there and go, please don't break your neck. Please don't break your neck. Please don't break your neck. <laughs> and so, and then they love it. And I remember that. And I was like, wow, man, it's been a long time. And so then we pull up to this building. And this building was tall. This building was like 20 stories. And I looked at him. I said, man, where are we going? He said, we're going to the hotel. I said, that's not a hotel. That's a high rise. I said, the hotels that I grew up in, you know, they, they had the door on the outside. You pulled up next to the hotel, and you walked in, and you hit the key, not even the keypad thing. <laughs> they, like, gave you a key to the door. And I remember going, I said, man, what is this? And I, and I remember, and he's like, no, man, he's like, we stand at the hotel. He said, that's a motel. <laughs> says, okay. <laughs> so we get in, we walk into the front, we walk in the front door, and we get to the desk, and the lady behind the desk, we walk up to the line, and I didn't even notice at the moment. I noticed later. I was looking. I was like, oh, he went into a special line. And she said, welcome, Mr. Griffin. Thank you for being a diamond member. I said, yo, we passing out diamonds? <laughs> I could take one of those. I'm trying to get married. <laughs> and and uh, she said, thank you for your loyalty to Hilton. Uh, today, we are going to upgrade you. I was like, upgrade us? Let's go. What are we getting upgraded? You passing out dollar bills now? Okay. And she said, here's your key. And so we went to the elevator. And I said, there's an elevator here? I've never seen this. There's always just stairs on the outside of the building. And so we got in the elevator, and he pushed the button for the top floor. I was like, oh, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> I'm partying in the elevator. Let's go. Instagram, penthouse views. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> I'm rich. <laughs> you know what's funny about all these Instagram influencers? It's all fake anyways. It's just rented. <laughs> That's a side note. That was for first service. And so we get there, and we walk in. And, I, you, know, you know, when you walk into a hotel room, bed, bed, sink, toilet, shower. Dresser, 87-year-old TV. <laughs> Sticky floor. Smells like cockroaches. <laughs> we walk into this room, and it was a palace. It had a foyer, a marble foyer. I was like, what is this? And I walk in, I look to the left, there's a full kitchen, full kitchen, stainless steel appliances. I'm looking, there's a living room. I was like, oh, my Lord, what has happened? And I'm going in, I'm walking. I mean, just for, for days, there was a room. And we walk in, and there's a big bedroom with a huge bed. And then we walk into the bathroom. Well, I walked in by myself. And I went into the bathroom. <laughs> just wanted to clarify. And so, and then... <clears throat> <laughs> strangers and uh, stranger danger and so there was a toilet and there was a sink and then there was this huge glass shower oh yeah it wasn't even a tub it's beautiful and I walked out I walked out onto the balcony and I'm there and I'm looking and I could see the bay and I could see the ocean and I'm taking in this greatness and in that moment the Holy Spirit speaks to me and he said son do you know why you're here and I said I don't, but I like it. He said, the reason you're here is not because of who you are, but because of who you're in relationship with. Son, do you understand that your relationship gets you upgraded in life? Do you understand that your relationships get you priority in life? Do you understand that your relationships will get you things that you can never get? I found it out the next day when I went down to breakfast. They had a breakfast buffet, and I walked in, and they said, Sir, what's your name? I said, Jamie Pa, and I'm here to eat some breakfast. They said, Sir, your name is not on the list. I was like, that's fine. They said, it's going to be $40 for breakfast. I said, 40 what? Can't afford that? 
And I looked at him and I said, I said, Mr. Griffin. And I gave him and they said, oh, Mr. Griffin is on the list. They said, welcome to breakfast. Have whatever you want for free. And because of who I was in relationship, it gave me access. Come on, brother. You preached about access. It gave me access to things that I could not have access to before. It gave me the ability to see things that I could never see before. Do you understand when you are in relationship with the king of kings and the Lord of lords, you have access to things that you cannot have access to otherwise. You have the ability to do things that you cannot do otherwise. You are able to go places you could never go before. You're able to experience things you could never experience before. You can have healing that you've never had before. When you're in a relationship with the Father, all things are possible through Him. That's what you have with Jesus. I'll come back one day and I'll teach on this and I'm closing right here. This is my one and only close. I closed three times in the first service. I watched Pastor last week. He closed 94 times, but this is my one and only close. God has ripped my family out of poverty. God has ripped my family out of destruction. God has ripped my family out of despair. And God has elevated us to a place that we could only dream of. God has taken me to places that I could only dream of dreams of dreams to be on. God has set me on stages that I never thought was right. I don't deserve to be here. But by the grace of God, he put something on the inside of me. And he says, I want you to declare it to the nations so that the church can rise up and be everything that they were called to be for the season that I called them to be it. That's for you and you and you and you, and particularly you because you've got a nice red jumpsuit on. It's awesome. Love it. Oh, it got spiritual. As soon as she starts playing like the Holy Ghost, You know that your citizenship gives you access. I read it and I'll tell you it again. For we're not just citizens of earth, but we're citizens of heaven. God loves you so much that not only did he create you, he saved you. He gave to you. The foundation of our faith for God so loved the world that he gave. And then he gave you everything that you need. You don't lack anything, friend. You have everything that you need. You need to learn to be content in every season, in every place. You just got to learn to put your eyes on Jesus. Huh. Relationship gives you access. Citizenship gives you upgrades. Friend, I don't live in the world's economy. I live in God's economy. Four years ago, four years ago, I had $125,000 in consumer debt. I had 11 credit cards fully maxed out. My marriage was being destroyed from the inside out. I had $2 to my name on May the 1st, 2018. And the Lord gave me this revelation of who I am and who I was created to be. 
God said, son, if you're going to get out of the mess, you're going to do it my way. Son, you declared with your mouth when you were five that I was your Lord, but you never proved it. I said, God, how? He said, because your wallet is connected to your heart. I'm not taking an offering. I'm telling you my story. God said, if you will be like me and give, you'll get out. Can I tell you, I stand in front of you four years later. My wife and I went from broke, busted, and disgusted. We went from people living paycheck to paycheck. We went from a marriage who was in distress and distraught, and in four years, my wife has birthed two beautiful children. In four years, we've been through a pandemic. My entire calendar shut down. In four years, we have faced hell and in high water. But in the same time, I kept my eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. And I said, I'm going to do it his way. And in 2018, I said, I'm going to give until I can't give anymore. And we were making no money, baby. I was making like 14 grand on the road. And my wife had a full-time job. She had three of them, actually. She was supporting us. You remember, I used her money for the cruise. I was still using our money four years ago. And I remember we're going to give, 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 give. And my wife and I in 2018 gave $12,500 to the kingdom. Every time we got a check, we just gave. And we started paying off debt. And in 2019, we gave $30,000. And boom, we started paying off more debt. And in 2020, when the pandemic hit, we gave $50,000. And boom, we kept paying off debt. And in 2021, we gave $70,000. And boom, we paid off the rest of our debt. Not only did we pay off the rest of our debt, we paid $125,000 off in 35 months. We also bought our house in Philadelphia for $100,000 under market value because when God is in it, there's no real estate market. There's nothing that can get in the way of him taking care of you. When you thought it was impossible, but God. So today I have one question, one question only. Do you believe? Every head bowed and every eye closed in the room. There's many of you in here that you just need to take the step of faith. Do you believe? 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 You have everything you need. It's all on the inside. Do you believe? Get ready. Because when I say three, I want you to lift your hands and declare, I believe in Jesus. I believe, believe he is my Lord. If you need to declare that today, when I say three, raise your hand. Say, yes, he is my Lord. He is my Savior. Here we go. One, two, three. If you need to respond to Christ, come on, hands all over the room in this service. My Lord. I'll give you five more seconds. I got five more seconds. Four, three. Two, come on, if you want to raise that hand, get it up before I say zero. If you need to say, Jesus, I believe. Two, one, come on, everybody in the room, I want you to clap your hands as loud as you can for the nearly 30 plus people that responded to Jesus today.